Welcome to Startup Stereo, the German Accelerator podcast with and for founders, innovators, and changemakers. Plug into expert tips, experiences, and best practices around scaling, leadership, new work, and much more. My name is Katrin Grunwald. I'm a coach, mentor, and founder of the Globe Team, a consultancy for team and organizational development. I'm happy to be your host for Startup Stereo, a podcast powered by German Accelerator. German Accelerator empowers high-potential German startups to scale globally. Today's guests in the sixth episode of Startup Stereo are Bettina Engert, the CEO of Startup Teams, and Friederike Probert, the founder and CEO of Mission Female. In our conversation, we dive into their experiences as females in the corporate, VC, and startup world. We discuss how activities such as networking, mentorship, and role models can support especially female founders. And we talk about company culture. How can an inclusive company culture begin with a mindset of curiosity for each employee, despite their background, as Bettina shares in a true story from the CEO of Salesforce, asking uh, new employees, what can I learn from you? Towards the end, we speak about certain options of quotas or let's say enablements that might be useful or not, and we discuss that, to advance towards a more diverse startup ecosystem. And finally, both guests agree that if we were to get together in five years' time, we are hopefully one step closer of turning the vision of a diverse German entrepreneurship landscape into reality. One more extra for all the German speakers amongst you. If you'd like to know more from our speakers, check out their books. Startup Teens has published Zukunftsrepublik together with 80 authors from different areas in business, education and society sharing their ideas for a flourish in Germany in the year 2030. All proceeds from the book sale go to the nonprofit Startup Teens. And also Friederike wrote a book which we highly recommend called Frauen macht Karriere. And that offers practical strategies for women in different stages of their careers. You can find more information on both books in the show notes. With all this said, now I wish you lots of insights and enjoy the conversation. Hello, Bettina. Hello, Friederike. Welcome to Startup Stereo. Great to have you as guests today. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Thanks for me too. Having seen you both and especially your organization's activities uh, for a while on social media, it's really a great pleasure for me to get to know you personally and also to give our listeners a view behind the scenes of successful female actors in the entrepreneur world. So let's dive right in. And I'd like you to um, present yourselves uh, shortly. So maybe let's go ahead and start with Bettina. Yeah, sure. Uh, as I said, thanks for having me. Um, um, I'm 
I ended up in the startup scene more by coincidence uh, rather than by design. So I, um, during my studies, uh, one, my brother and two friends came up with the idea of uh, starting yeah, long distance buses in Germany, uh, which was a, yeah, which, which ended up in the, in the Flixbus company. But um, the idea was coming up in 2011 or 2012 when, uh, yeah, there was a, there was a change of, uh, uh, of uh, the law coming up, which is a once in a lifetime chance from a startup founder's perspective. Um, at the beginning, I wasn't, I was, I thought, okay, yeah, startup sounds cool. But then they, they told me yeah, with bosses, I thought, yeah, semi cool, but um, maybe uh, let's, let's have a look. And I, the, the closer or the, the more I worked on the project, uh, uh, the, the more exciting uh, it was, or let's say, I, I just uh, was super, super uh, into it after a, a couple of, a couple of months. And then, yeah, we had a long preparing phase. Uh, we uh, we launched buses in in the beginning of 2013. I spent more than seven years, like officially, as part of the company. Um, after seven years, this was more group or yeah, more uh, uh, yeah multinational group than than a startup atmosphere. So I thought, okay, maybe let's get a little bit back to the roots. So I switched perspectives and I, I uh, joined a VC, so uh, a rather established VC in, in Munich who is investing into yeah, tech-enabled business models, not only in Germany and Europe, but also worldwide. And here I, yeah, I, I, I was uh, advising startups. I was, uh, uh, yeah, taking part into all the pitches. Uh, so I just got a feeling of what maybe are the yeah what maybe also are the issues um, regarding uh, uh, the lack of female founders in the in the system and in the ecosystem so uh, yeah when when my now co-CEO uh, contacted me and told me about startup teams which is a non-profit uh, initiative to uh, to drive entrepreneurship education i thought okay maybe this is just this is it to to also drive like female empowerment like really from an er from early on phase like really from a teenage uh, uh, teenage level <laughs> and uh, make sure that also young girls have the feeling that they can do it that, that they can just realize or they can just um, build their own thing um, uh, yeah give them the 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 or enable them to to start up themselves and so I switched from profit to non-profit and now uh, yeah I'm also driving not only entrepreneurship in general but also female entrepreneurship uh, from the educational side and really in a really early phase so yeah. from youngsters uh, from the age of 14. Wow, what an interesting journey with so many different angles from like startup, BC, and now in the nonprofit area of startup education. So great to have you on board and looking forward to your views with all those different hats that you've had so far in your career. And then I would also like to say a warm welcome to uh, Frederike Probert from Mission Female. So also Frederike, I'd like to invite you to present yourself. 
Thank you so much, Katrine, uh, for the invitation. My name is Frederica Probert. I'm the founder and CEO of Mission Female. Mission Female is a female executive network across different industries nationwide in Germany. It sounds super big, but pretty small for Germany, Austria and Switzerland. And um, we do have four focus topics. So we enable networking and exchange amongst various partners, managers in the German market. We um, are making sure that we all work on our personal development. We make our women visible because every woman in our network has something great to say and to show. Um, and we want to make sure that everyone else sees that as well. So we put them on stages and media, press and so on. Um, and we also follow our social responsibility through We Believe initiatives, how we call them. And one that might be very interesting in our context here right now is our Fempreneur program that we just recently launched. Um, personally, myself, I do have a background in the ad tech industry. So I developed and sold and founded companies all around ad tech, mostly data management, automation of media trading and so on. And um, I worked for big American corporates such as AOL and Yahoo and Microsoft, but I also sneaked in into the startup world in the US when I lived there and brought US startups over to the German market. And then at some point I thought I could just do it myself and I started founding my own companies in that area. And um, that brought me to Mission FEMA because as you can imagine, it's a very male dominated industry, not only the startup world, but also specific, specifically the ad tech world. And I think I was at least the only woman for the last 10, 15 years, I think. And I actively want to change that because there are so many great minds out there. There's so many great women out there and they just need to be heard and seen. And that's what Mission Female is trying to accomplish. Really great to also have you here. And I hope that our conversation today sparks this kind of enthusiasm to also lots of female and male listeners out there uh, to encourage each other uh, in the startup world. So let's look at our first topic. I'd like to start in a general way. So to look at your personal experience. So Frederike, you already started sharing about, let's say, your corporate career for on um like uh, working for AOL, Microsoft, Yahoo, uh, but also then your experiences founding a startup yourself, where would you say, what would like a red threat throughout those years? You mentioned already the not very other, many other females around you. What are other personal experience as females in the entrepreneur world um, that stand out for you over those years? Maybe let's start with you, Frederike, and then we'll move to Bettina. Yeah. Well, if you ask me, I think what I took away from the corporate world is I have to move things very quickly. Um, and for me personally, that was really hard in a structured corporate world. Um, I'm not a very patient person. And if I know what my goal is, I just want to strive for it and just get it done and see the results. Um, so that's a long time ago. I decided for myself, okay, I need to go into a more flexible, dynamic environment And I identified that being U.S. startups. Um, what I've seen there in the U.S. and also bringing U.S. startups over to Germany is that and maybe that was a good thing um, because it took away my naivety. What's the word? Naivety? Um, you were naive before, maybe yeah, <laughs> as I translate. It was super easy in the U.S. to have startups, right? Everyone was um, super excited and motivated to bring up new technologies and products and services and 
in the US, it didn't really seem to be a problem at all. And I took that spirit um, and brought it over to Germany. But when I started to found my own company, I saw that there is a break breaking point, basically, because you step with your foot on the brake, because you see how slow things are moving forward all of a sudden in Germany when you're starting to fund your own companies. And I think on one hand, as I said in the beginning, it was a good thing to just get this American inspiration, how it could go and just go for it. And if you fail, fail fast and da da da. But when I actually started founding my companies in Germany, And it started with financing, for instance, and all the bureaucratic processes around it that you have to go through when you're founding. I was really devastated and shocked, to be honest. And I was too far in the process to back up, to be honest. So I just did it. Um, but if you would ask me today, would I have founded my first startup in the German market? Probably not. Mm -hmm. Wow, interesting insights. How is it for you, Bettina, as having been in the German market in a in a startup like Flixbus and also on the VC side, like what kind of gender diverse experiences did you have in the world there? I think it's not news that, yeah, we should, we should get better when it comes to the gender split, not only on leadership level in corporates, but also when it comes to uh, more female, we need more female founders or we need more female founded companies. And uh, the thing is, The discussion right now, and this is what I'm, what I think is a little bit, a little bit uh, away from from results driven, <laughs> result driven thinking, is uh, only of uh, about the focus or the spotlight of the discussion is only about how do we get more female founders. I think the spotlight on the discussion in the discussion should more be on why do we need them, yeah, and why why diversity in teams and diversity in the in the startup scene and in the VC scene in the ecosystem is so so important. And I think so. One perspective is when it comes to uh, when it comes uh, uh, to corporates. So um, which, by the way, which I also experienced uh, in Flixbus when you are on a start in a startup team everybody is like only result driven you don't have any hierarchies then you don't have problems with diversity to be honest yeah it, it just the, the bigger you get the more corporate you get then you have like really the thing of okay they are building they are they are they are setting up these kind of yeah the, the, you, you, then you have to you you be aware as a company to make sure that you are you're still having this diversity in the team that you had maybe in a really early stage because The thing is, if you are not, if, if you don't do this, then you have, first of all, you only, you build products only for 50% of your, of your, of your, of your customers, right? The other person, the, the other thing is that, yeah, the most, the, the all-sighted war of talents, if you don't have, like, I don't know, if you don't create a culture that also you're addressing women in, 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 in leadership positions, then you are uh, leaving out uh, um, potential employees or potential uh, drivers of your success because you're, you're just, you're just uh, addressing 50% of your talent pool, right? And I think the discussion, the discussion should more tackle the, the why do we need it? Why do we need diversity? And right now, I think it's most around, yeah, how can we, how can we change it? And um, now talking about maybe also gender diversity in the VC area, 
of course there is there's uh, there's a like a lack of German VCs and investors and I think there's awareness now uh, I really really do think that their doors are open but what what we do see also is that there is a problem of female VCs yeah of female VCs with the professional level that uh, that you you can hire them it's not that the doors aren't open yeah in these boys clubs I think I think they are because now they they kind of maybe notice that there has that we need a kind of change maybe mm. also from by pressure from outside but the thing is that we don't have the female VCs exactly the same uh, thing is uh, is it uh, with uh, female founders I think they would like to invest more in female founded co founded companies but I think we don't have enough enough female founders around there and this is what we are also driving with with um with startup teams that you know when you when you when you uh, create a kind of entrepreneurial mind shift uh, um, uh, mind shift or uh, let's say uh, entrepreneurial thinking in the ecosystem then you of course you should also include like no like 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 girls really from an early age also not i'm not only talking about gender but also diversity and other perspectives um because We cannot afford not as a not as a company, not as a startup, not as a VC, but also not as a you know as an economy that we're leaving out uh, talent talents, no matter which which if they are women, if they are from different backgrounds, we cannot afford this. We just simply can't. Yeah, it's such an important point. So it's really great work that you do. Let's say filling up the pipeline then for future generations to come to work with the startup teams. Yeah, what I what I what I also noticed, by the way, that sometimes it's not the self, um, yeah, the, the confidence. It's sometimes it's a lack of confidence, right? So sometimes it's not. We, we I think we all agree that I don't know. Of course, women can found companies. Of course, women can lead companies, and of course, women can you know uh, uh, bring their ideas to life. Of course, they can do it. Sometimes they don't feel ready for it, and this is what we. What we also, uh, yeah, what we also drive with, yeah. with uh, startup teams. There's, like, in my personal opinion, I think there's like different areas that can help women to to drive forward and to let's say step up also in those areas. And um, those are topics I'd like to go into more detail with you guys. So it's on networking, it's on having role models, and also what kind of company culture can or should be created to really in have a well, see diversity as an enrichment, I would say. So let's start with networking. And I know this is a, uh, in German, we would say a Steilvorlage for you, Friederike, a really uh, great link to all the work you've been doing and also um, behind your work with Mission Female. So I'd like to get to know a bit more about what was your intention behind founding Mission Female and where do you see the importance of networking coming into play here for women, especially? The one really goes along with the other. So the reason why I founded a professional network for female executives is because I saw two things. Number one, female leaders are, in most of the cases, the only ones at the decision-making tables in the area with their expertise. And that gives you a feeling of just being the only one. 
um, and you feel a little bit left out um, because you also feel that you're not actively part of the body networks. You're always welcome and you have a seat at the table and that's fine, but you don't intrinsically see that you are totally accepted in that world. Maybe you don't even feel very comfortable with it either. Um, the other th thing is that female executives are super busy per se, And they might not have the right shift in prioritization when it comes to networking at this point, or simply said, they work so much, they don't have time to network and build up sparings partners around them that might help them in a professional context. And these two factors, um, women do not have the surrounding to really professionally network at this point with relevant contacts, plus they don't have time to build it up themselves, led to mission female as a profession network for executives that exactly want to trigger this. They want to solve this problem for themselves. Because at the end of the day, we know that if you have the right connections, then you will be more successful on a professional level. Um, so this is for networking overall. When we are talking about the startup world, um, of course, you need a big network too to gain capital, to get the right investors. Um, to get the, the right co-founders, to get the right access to a market, to have people to pitch your ideas to. Um, the more people you know that are actually sparing you and giving you really, really good feedback, the more successful your company will be. And you won't get it on the road just by yourself or with a little pool of people you know anyway. Um, you need different, diverse opinions and expertises in order to make the right decisions and be successful. Um, we with Mission Female, as I said in the beginning, do actively support female founders there because we see a lack of two areas, basically. Number one is expertise and sparings partners. And the other one is, as Bettina said already, it's money, money, money. We need more money for female foundations. And we, with our Fempreneur program at Mission Female, we solve that through a professional mentorship program where we give founders, female founders, access to very successful women across different industries from our network. And they are just standing by their side with any questions they might be having or any intros they might need. And the capital side, we're solving through partnerships with female VCs, um, such as female founders in Vienna and Austria, um, who are acting internationally, or AUXO in Berlin, or um, Grace Accelerator, for instance. So anybody who is at this point focusing on providing money to female found founders is a candidate to also be working with Mission Female because we want to solve the expertise and the capital level. You mentioned mentorship as an important point. Um, I was also thinking about like ally allyship, if you can say that in English, um, of women supporting women and really boosting each other's confidence. What's your experience in that area? Maybe Bettina, and then we'll move back to Federica. Um, yeah, maybe I, I, I lack a little bit experience here regarding the fact that in the, in the startup, in the company that I worked in, there was no, no, you know, there was no peer group, like a female peer group or female network or something, which is super sad. And of course we have to change it, but this goes both ways, right? I think, What you mentioned, um, uh, what is super important that female leaders are 
don't take like networking as an important part of their of their job or they forget about networking by the way i did too so what 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 i experienced here that if you if you forget about it it's okay when you're in a startup scene when you have like you know uh, uh, like no hierarchies and stuff like that but it becomes a problem when you are in a corporate and it becomes a huge problem when you are like on a founder level and when you need these warm intros to VCs and that we're all talking about this access to money, which are not, uh, yeah, it, it's still, everybody uh, uh, is telling me, yeah, no worries, we, you can address us, you know, by, 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 by email or stuff like that. But if, you, if you're going into reality, then of course it shows you need, you still need these warm intros. You need the people that are opening the doors and you need, you need to know who to address about what when it comes to when it comes to um, uh, specific expertise or stuff. Yeah, yeah, from, from both sides, so mentors and mentees. What is it for you, Friedrich, maybe like a concrete example uh, on the topic of allyship mentioned before, um, for example, within Mission Female, what are concrete examples that you would give, for example, to other females in the entrepreneur world, how they can support each other and support each other in boosting their confidence? I can give you a personal example and also a network example from Mission Female. So my personal example really was that I was very well connected in the U.S. in the startup world, but not in Germany. And when I made that decision to want to found in Germany, I was lacking the network because I've been working in corporate environments before in Germany. So I had the idea. I had the team. I had the co-founders. I knew what to do. I knew what the business plan looks like. But I indeed needed investors and I just needed to have money on the table to realize the products that I had in mind. And I really did not know where to get that money from um, at that point. And that's we're talking about 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Um, and I had to contact my American business partners to make introduction to German investors more on a private level. And they were all men. Um, so. I thought that was really something I should be worried about or everyone else should be worried about. At the end, I got it done and I got the money, but it's not the way it should be going that I, from a German perspective, have to go over to the US to be introduced to private contacts to give me the money, right? It's like, hmm. I also tried external financing and just went to banks, German banks and applied for loans. And again, there, there were a lot of mid-aged, if you want to be mean, you can call it old men in gray suits. Um, and they were sitting in front of me and they were not understanding what my technology idea and product really was. And I did hear things like, can you just go back to work and just be you know, employed with somebody else? Do you really have to have the money? And at that point, I was really, really frustrated, but somehow I went through there. So that's, um, you know, that's my personal experience. Um, I really just want to change that. I don't want any female founder to go through that again when it comes to getting money for the great ideas. Um, on a network level, we see it all the time. So in our mentorship program, where our mission female networkers provide their expertise and know-how and time and dedication and everything to female founders, um, we also see rising investments and capital injections too um, when we see that there's such a great female founder out there and the product really has great potential and we see that there's going to be a market benefit for everyone, then we also put capital in there actively. And I think this is exactly the way it should be going, um, that 
ideally in an ideal dream world, women, successful women invest into female founders that make you more successful businesses. Yeah, absolutely. How about the second topic before? So the topic of role models, um, how realistic do you think, or no, sorry, how important do you think is it to really have realistic role models of how it's like to found a company, for example? And Bettina, where would you say that startup teams comes into play here? Yeah, I, I already mentioned that. Yeah, of course, there's a lack of, of female, female role models, uh, not only in the startup scene, I think everywhere when it comes about leadership positions. Um, what we do with, with, with startup teams, we are, pushing, we are pushing forward. And we are, of course, an approach is that we are with, uh, pushing like not only like realistic role models, uh, so not, not yeah, the Elon Musk somewhere in the US, but really like, okay, there's a female founder and I've got so many examples because they are there. They're just not in, in, in the numbers that we, that we would uh, like them. Um, but yeah, we, we're pushing them, we're giving them a kind of platform and we are using them as role models for our youngsters, for our kids, because um, our, our also, let's say, our USP of startup teams is that we are addressing directly uh, the teenagers. We're not going over, you know, over the, uh, by, by their parents or by their schools or by their teachers. Because, um, first of all, I think this, this uh, inclusivity requires like a direct, you know, a direct uh, approach or, or a direct uh yeah direct contact but also um because we we uh, we think that when it comes to role models maybe we can deliver more role models when it comes to startup or entrepreneurship or entrepreneurial thinking than maybe the surrounding they are they now have because i think in germany um we we still are thinking uh into okay what are the problems rather than what are the solutions or what are the ideas and so also some what one task or one challenge that we that we we are tackling with startup teams is you know driving this mindset shift and um we have like now now we we've already built up like a really cool network of young young founders um uh, and and now what we are doing is also to focusing more on the young female founders and giving them a platform to present their ideas but also and i think this is more important from our perspective but also presenting them as role models to kids who are still looking to find their passion who are still who who have the feeling okay i want to create something i want to shape something i want to build something but i still have no clue at all what this could be yeah and if there is a female founder from like a mint i don't know from a tech with a tech background this is so awesome because yeah, then you can see like really the girls 14 15 16 age because sometimes they haven't even there, they seen exist this before, the female honest, yeah? because in the mint area there yeah their peer group are their parents yeah uh, or they are their close i don't know their yeah. close relatives so far or their asset or their teachers and when they're growing up into a like mainly male dominated leadership surrounding then yeah we can we can show uh, we can show okay but you know you can Absolutely. you know girls can you know girls can can do it and uh it's yeah it's awesome to see how this 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 uh these role models are really helping to to open up for young yeah. girls like the perspectives they have because they do yeah, it's just really great. Coming to um, the third topic that I mentioned before, where I personally think 
also there is a kind of um, leverage that exists in in shaping more um, diverse and I might even say inclusive environments and maybe as a third step environments of belonging so where people feel I belong I can contribute with whatever background I have and um, that's the area of company culture so what is your experience also Friederike, having worked in so many different company cultures from like the corporate world, startup world, um, where would you say that really it's in the hands of organizations to shape cultures that also deal with biases, for example, that where people independently of their background can speak up? So what would you say are there tips to nurture diverse company culture? I wish there was a magic recipe for it because then it would be super easy for everyone. <laughs> the world would be in better place. Um, the the reality is though um, that of course in theory you can talk about you have to have a welcoming culture. Everyone has equal chances. You know everyone's involved in decision making processes. Everyone can just go in the top and it's super easy. There is no glass ceilings or anything. That would be the ideal world. I think at the end of the day, whether or not a corporate culture is really diverse, inclusive, and also provides equal chances is being managed from the top. So if the founders or CEOs or board members are intrinsically passionate going after the goal of having equal chances for everyone, and specifically having priority among men and women in decision-making um, levels, then you see the results. Um, and I'm, I'm underlining this so much because we all know that DEI is a very hot topic right now and a lot of companies are also using it for external marketing purposes. But you quickly see once you're in a company, if it's really authentic and true and real um, and or if it's a marketing campaign, to be honest. Um, and I would just advise anyone, not only in corporates, in your job, but also the partners you work with, the investors you're dealing with in the startup world to check for this. This, What is the intrinsic motivation really for having people as a parity equally on board? Um, so that that is that is that basically. Um, yeah. How is it from your side, Bettina, what would you recommend startups based on your experience who are, let's say, at the beginning of uh, setting up their company and wanting to figure out a company culture that is diverse and, let's say, inclusive? What would you recommend them? I think, yeah, Frederick is right. There's no secret recipe for all of, all of them, all of us, but uh, I think there is a basic requirement. Uh, and I think this is like openness or curiosity. I just talked uh, to the CEO of Salesforce, which is in, in like a startup dimension, which is a rather old company, but I think still pretty innovative. And he told me that the first question he is asking every new employee, um, and I don't think it's bullshit talk, but it, he's really doing this because <laughs> I think he's a pretty cool guy. and. He's asking uh, him or her uh, the first question, like, what can I learn from you? And I think this was a pretty cool example of what, what, what should be the mindset in a, in a, in a company. And I, think, I don't think this, this, it's it makes a difference if this is a tiny or an early stage company or if it's like a, like a really large corporate group. I think this should be like the basic requirement and the, basic, the first question everywhere, right? So like the openness or the curiosity to find out about others. And by the way, this is also a basic requirement to build 
good products, right? If you know, if you know what, if you don't know what your customers want or what your customers need, and I think then then you also will have problems on the long run when it comes about when it comes about being a successful startup. But yeah, sometimes I think this awareness is 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 uh, should be a, a little bit uh, better, not only in corporates but also in startups. So I think this basic requirement uh, is curiosity or openness yeah, a real mindset topic like you mentioned from um the discussions and moving towards the end of our conversation there's some um, two more areas i'd love to cover with you and one is that within let's say the german ecosystem um or business world um and society in general there's been lots of talks about um the effect uh, or also the how could quotas for example for females on different levels on like board levels or quotas um i don't know for for vcs to fund a certain amount in female-led startups so i i'm curious to hear your perspective on what kind of i call them enablements to have like an alternative for quota what kind of enablements do you really think are useful in order to to advance and support really more diverse uh, startups. I don't know who of you would like to start. I'm, I'm happy to start if that's fine. So if we talk, I like it that we're changing it from quota to enablement because I don't really like the hard word quota. Um, and I'm also not a big fan of quotas. I wish we would not need quotas anymore because everyone just understands that you have better results if we all work together successfully. So. But if I had a wish, I would have like a VC enablement um, ratio, so to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know it's a tough one. So you can't regulate it through determining to VCs and investors, for instance, to provide X, Y percent of their budget into female foundations. That's going to be tough not to crack because at the end of the day, it's about business results. And, you know, it's people make their own decisions for their own money and you can't dedicate that up to them. Um, but what I do think is that the number of female only VCs and investors should raise. And therefore you need the money also in female hands first, because I do think that man, men give money first to men. And I hope that there's more women giving their money first to women. So that is something I would love to see, but therefore you have to increase the quota. Now there's the bad word again um, of women that have the capital to inject it into startups. What's your perspective, Bettina? Fun fact, although I really have to talk a lot about this quota topic, I really didn't finally made up my mind because I'm totally on the same page with uh, with you that like it, it needs to bring, sometimes you need to bring some pressure uh, to, to, to make a change. But I also think that a kind of quota creates more rejection rather than like, rather than, you know, like an openness. And I think, as I said, I, I think like the, the bring some pressure can also be like, you know, just give them a couple of years. And I know we have waited for so long. Yeah. But I think, as I said, in the future, no, no company, no startup, no VC can afford to exclude 50% of the target group of the talent pool of, you know, the, the, the people, some, sometimes even the people with, with money, because I, uh, I think uh, hopefully 
I think we're also making like a like a change here when it, it comes about, you know, like women with with money because this is like you know the one one is the result of the other no so when we're driving this it just maybe takes a little bit time but i'm not sure if quota is the right right approach because we, we need to work together right not not against each other and um as i said unfortunately i get i i would i would uh would be able to open this to to answer this question do we need a quota or not like um, uh, in, in the best way, but I cannot because I I don't think yeah well I don't think you cannot you can answer it in every for every company for every situation and for every like ecosystem. Uh, in, I think it's a really important way. points because it's an it's a ongoing discussion and there's different angles to tackle. So um, I think I hope this for the listeners also sparked some inspiration to look at it from another angle. Uh, yeah. On, on the other hand, maybe let me also add, I can, I said when regarding the, my, my experience in the VC environment, of course they are, they're still like partner level is 100% male in most VCs in Germany. Um, and I, I, I think they have understood that, that they, we, they need some change, but I also can totally understand that they reject the idea of a quota of, of female VCs because they think, okay, it, you know, it's already difficult to find like somebody who's really on the level that we require when it comes about experience, professionality, um, and and also uh, the thing. When we also limit this to like you know like a really small small amount of you know applications that are maybe in a in a, a single digit percentage of women that are even applying for a VC position, and then we have to pick one of these that are maybe yeah that are maybe not you know not not a perfect fit for the position i can totally understand the rejection when it comes when it comes to vcs who are who have to think of okay you know what we have to give we have to deliver we have a, we have to get on a certain track record we have to deliver a certain track record i totally totally understand the rejection so from the other side i can understand what they why they are refusing quotas but i also think the doors yeah, yeah, they are aware now um, that there has to, there that it needs to change. Uh, but yeah, when it comes to 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 pressure, maybe then it shouldn't be like the the quota. I think it. I think that's pressure. a really good yeah. point, Bettina. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's about bringing it down to we all want to build successful companies and successful in terms of economic factors or you know societal factors, for instance. Whatever the purpose of the startup is. I really wish we would get to a scenario where it doesn't matter anymore if the founder is female or male, and we just look at the outcome and have better results for everyone. That's really it. Um, that would be my wish for today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you actually, uh, towards uh, as a last question of the conversation, like if we'd meet again in five years, and it's again, it's March, uh, it will be then March 2026. Um, and it's International Women's Day, or the whole month also has a strong focus, I would say on, um, on supporting females. Um, how would your hope be in five years? What has changed? And also for you personally, like what's a, a kind of mantra or something that you think will take you through those five years? Maybe let's start with uh, Friederike and then we move to Bettina. I would lo love not to have to talk about the key word anymore. Um, 
and just see people that it's better for everyone involved in all parties that if all genders, but also all diverse people around us work together, simply the results are better. And this is something that has to sunk in and we have to prove. And that's what we're doing right now. Bettina? Same here, right? As a, I, I would like you, if we meet in five years, then it would be awesome if the title of the podcast would be a different one, you know? If the, like the topic is not something that we need to discuss anymore. Um, and I don't know if it's too too idealistic um, in, in five years, but this would be it's my not. wish at least. <laughs> Let me just add that. <laughs> I was going to say, no, let's work on <laughs> making that a reality. So thank you both so much for joining the podcast. Thank you for having us. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Katja. Bye. Thank you for plugging in to the sounds of founders, innovators, and change makers. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Startup Stereo powered by German Accelerator. We would love to hear your feedback to improve the experience for you over the next episodes. And we hope you're as excited as we are for more. If you want to find out more about German Accelerator, follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook, and check out our website, germanaccelerator.com.